Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Thank you, Mark LeMay. We are Flieger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show presented by FakePigskin.com. I am Rick Briggs, my partner, Rick Flieger. And, uh, boy, we got a lot to cover as the NFL season quickly approaches. One more weekend of drafting before the season starts a week from today. A week? We're recording yeah. this on Thursday. On Thursday, One so a week, week from today. So we got to get that show done next week, brother, because there's going to be some real football to watch. Uh, yeah, boy, I'm going to tell you what, no diddly-doddling around. Uh, right in. So it might be the worst show you hear. All, all It'll be season. quick. Okay, it wraps up. See you. All right. Eight minutes of <laughs> fantasy goodness. But check us out at Asylum Football on Twitter. Get those questions in asylumfootball at gmail.com. We've got a full mailbag tonight, I believe, Rick. Yeah, we got a full mailbag tonight. We got a lot of headlines. We've got a myriad of things Just to think, cover. Next week, Rick, we're gonna be answering lineup questions. So yep. get those in. If you if you bungled your draft up like uh well, some people in this draft did, or both of us, perhaps, and you need I some I feel lineup. pretty good. I, I'm struggling with my flex spot. But well, if, well, we're going to be discussing that, too. So, if, if um, you're, yeah, well, yeah, we'll cover the caveman. But, so yeah. get those questions in, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Yes, and it is fantasy football season, so fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try these new best ball leagues on our new favorite app, which is Draft, D-R-A-F-T, Draft. Here's how it works. It's a best ball league. You draft your team, and that's basically it. You don't have to worry about your matchups. You don't have to worry about setting your line up on time or this, that, and the other. The site will take the best player from the best position, your highest score, you don't have to worry about Draft it. Draft well, and you have no opportunity to screw it up. And who doesn't need that? That's right. It's season long, but with no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every week. Never worry about injuries again. You can draft the team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash, baby. Leagues start from just $3, so there's a league for everyone. There's no salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. And for a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a $3 best ball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code, which is fake pigskin. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code fake pigskin on your first deposit on draft. Just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com and come come play free for a promo code fake pigskin. Free money. Come on, guys. What, what what can you lose there? Hop on there. It's free money. It's a good time. Love the best ball. I know Play Draft Rick also does a, a brand new way, a brand new way of looking at daily leagues. So get on there. Check that out. I promise you, you'll be hooked. I, I know I certainly am. I'm going to go broke on that thing. I used up my $3 and then some on, on that bad boy. Well, you know, you might want to win a little cash. Well, that's never been my strong suit. I can lay it out there and I can talk it, but the results are, are always a 
little a little off. So, well, you mentioned, Rick, you never have to worry about injuries there on the draft app, unfortunately, in your regular league and uh, in the NFL. Injuries a plenty, plenty to worry about. Two major ones that went down during the Caveman draft on Friday and, and was a source of dismay for some and great joy for others, as I believe Spencer Ware was injured, or at least we were notified he was injured approximately 18 seconds after he was drafted. But Spencer Ware tears his MCL and PCL is out mm. for the season. Kareem Hunt all, already up to number one. A lot of conversation, Rick, about when we thought he was going to take that job over. I feel yeah. like we, it's come up every week on the show for the last six weeks. Well, the answer is now. You better believe it. And, I mean, that really shuffles the backfield. Look, Andy Reid loves to use his backs. It's not going to be all Kareem Hunt. I, I mean, he's certainly going to be the number one in getting the lion's share of everything. It raises a little bit of stock at Jacandrick West, a nice bench uh, player to have on in your lineup. And, um, you know, Kansas City, <clears throat> we talk about their lack of weapons and so forth. But i tell you what, you know, it, it just looks like Tyreek Hill, uh, he's going to get enough from, from Alex Smith. Yeah, yeah. And, and if Kareem Hunt performs like everybody is talking about, they're going to have a pretty doggone good run game and I think that's just going to open things up for Kelsey Hill and the other guys so I mean you know Kansas City I don't know if this is it, it, it's a necessary evil I think to get Hunt in there quite frankly because because he wasn't going to start probably number not. one you, you wonder and here's what we're going to find out and we have this conversation every preseason about a handful. We have five or six running backs who are the number two guy who are rookies or relative unknowns who a lot of folks expect to step, step up and take that work. It doesn't often work out. So what you have to wonder, which Kareem Hunt is better? Kareem Hunt is the change of pace to Spencer Ware or Kareem Hunt, the number one back. I don't think anybody's arguing this cat's Le'Veon Bell, but he's a really good pass catcher. And what Andy Reid has shown in the past is if he's got a pass catching back, he's going to use him and he's going to use him an awful lot. Now, I'm not going crazy with Kareem Hunt. This is a guy, I'll be doing a draft here. My my oldest, my original hometown league uh, starts here online at 7 o'clock. So when I just drift off in the middle of conversations. Nobody uh, will know about, the difference you're probably it's like right. every week anyway. <laughs> you're probably right. But he's a cat I am targeting. However, I have seen him, Rick, in some mock drafts and some MFL 10s. I've seen this guy going as high as early in the second round and all throughout the second round. I don't trust that necessarily. You know, if I if he's sitting around, if he's hanging around late in the third, early in the fourth, I hop all over it. I just there's a lot to be proven here. Well, I just have a simple question for you know, especially newer players that will read a, a headline online or something like that. If for instance Spencer Ware was going in the fourth round and he was the starter why right. the hell all of a sudden is this guy a second rounder? Right. I mean, not not taking anything away. Do I think he's probably going to be a better back? Yeah. Yeah. But I it's don't take think some time. Yeah, I don't think immediately he's going to be the second coming of Barry Sanders. I, I wouldn't think. I, there's a reason. And and look, I grant you there are times where the the old standby, the veteran's going to get first crack and given the opportunity to lose carries to the rookie. I grant you that. I understand that. With the, but money, if this kid with was, the money being made nowadays, I don't think the veterans, it really matters. I mean, if Spencer Ware was a 
ten million dollar bag. That's one thing, but let's face it, they're in it to win now because because right. your window is very small and and the patience given a coach right and a team is very short. People want to win now. Right, and the point being, I think if Kareem Hunt was a game changing talent, if he was a an Adrian Peterson type coming into the league. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. He would have had that job from day one. They'd have told us that. I, I don't think he's that guy. He came in with less hype than how many guys, Rick? McCaffrey, right. Mixon, Fournette. Who am I missing? I'm missing one or two. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, yeah, right. All these guys were expected to come in, supplant the veteran right away. There's a reason to me that this kid didn't come in and we didn't hear from day one, here is the next coming. Here is the next guy in Kansas City. And that's one thing about the asylum. I'm. We don't like to rush it. You remember early on. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Joe. That's right. all you heard was Joe Mixon. And now he's basically an afterthought compared to the McCaffreys, the Delvin Cooks, right. and so forth. I think he may still end up being the best of the bunch. Oh, I think he's for, a good back. For the stretch of week, you pick a week, week six, week seven through the end of the year, he's the type of guy who can win you a championship. But I don't see him stepping in in day one. Not when you have a healthy Bernard. Not when Jeremy Hill is getting a ton of work. I don't know if this is an anticipation of a surprise cut or trade or something, but he's getting almost all the work early. Early on in the preseason, that offense is running through Jeremy Hill in the preseason games. There, I can't see him. I can't see um, this as a as a precursor to being cut. Maybe to try to shop him, perhaps. Right. But certainly, you're. I mean, if you're planning on cutting him anyway, you know, you're going to give the other guys some reps and and make sure that some of this chemistry is here. So I, I yeah, I'm not buying into him being cut. It is a crowded backfield. It's right. about as crowded as you're going to find a I mean, backfield. You can't carry all three, can you? I guess you could. I wouldn't think, but, I mean, you might yeah. for a year. But Joe Mixon doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be a special team star, and they, I think he's their long-term view at the running back position. So you wonder how much special teams he's going to play. So you really wonder, does one of those guys, could it be Gio Bernard, who hasn't spent much time on the field at all? I just wouldn't be surprised when the final cuts come. Well, they probably they start this weekend, obviously, right, Rick? They probably start as yeah. early as tomorrow as we record on Thursday to hear one of those guys leaving town. Very possible, and they could be and heading straight to Baltimore, I have to presume. They could be heading somewhere, that's for sure. And um, – you know, they could be shopping some of these guys, one of these guys, like you said, and they're certainly not mixing. No, no. Maybe Hill and maybe Bernard. I, To me, I would see it makes more sense Hill because he was basically the starter and Bernard was the pass catcher, mm-hmm. you know, per se, and Mixon's supposedly going to take over for him. I can still see that role for, for Bernard, so it would make more sense to be shopping Hill. But maybe, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. All right. Also, Friday night as the Caveman draft was going on, about two rounds after he had been selected, we hear that Julian Edelman tears his ACL and will also be out for the year. I think I know the answer to this, Rick. What does this mean to the Patriots for you, for Rick Brave? Not entirely a whole lot. You don't think? Okay. I mean – Belichick and crew, they will find a way. I mean, if there's – they are the epitome of next man up. Oh, absolutely. Right. And, I mean, you remember, where did Edelman come from? He was the next man up and when Wes Welker left. Right, right. 
somebody will fill that void, be it Hogan, be it Amendola, if he can stay healthy, um, or somebody else. Who knows? And I just think they'll – and they may revamp. Now, we already talked about, you know, the two tight ends there. Right. You know, hard to say. Could we see a um, an emergence of Gillisy in, in a role like Blunt? Well, I good chance of it. Uh, you know, it's hard to say what they're going to do. I will say this. I agree with you, and I think that's the general thought among the football community, right? That they're the Patriots. They're going to find a way. They're going to win right. 14 games irregardless. I will tell you this. What this does for me is takes them from – a almost a guaranteed Super Bowl participant. They're probably still almost there. But from a, a lockdown, forget about it, to they almost feel a little bit beatable. And, and bear with me here. You know, we talk often about about Gronk being sort of the security blanket for a Tom Brady. That, that's not the case. It, it's Julian Edelman, right? If Gronk's healthy, this impact is felt less. That's a big if anymore with Gronk, right? When's the last time he strung together about eight games in a row? It feels like it's been a long time. If you miss significant time with Gronk, you miss significant time with Edelman, I don't say they struggle, but I say they become beatable. What's the the calling card for that Tom Brady offense? You know, three steps, hit the back foot, and the ball's out, right? And that's why I sort of hold down the value of a Brandon Cooks, right? Because I think that's what it is. And Julian Edelman and Wes Welker before him have filled that role so well. You would think it's Amendola who steps in. He can't stay healthy. He's never really been that guy. Amendola's always been the guy that's sort of right there on the edge, right, Rick? And now what he feels like, yeah. he's right there, and you think he's going to turn the corner, and an injury pops up, or he finds himself in the doghouse. Maybe it's Chris Hogan. Maybe there's probably Malcolm someone on Mitchell. Who knows? There's probably someone on that roster we've never heard of. But there is a trust between Tom Brady and Julian Edelman that's going to be hard even for the Patriots to overcome. I don't think it affects Tom Brady's fantasy numbers. It doesn't affect positively or negatively. The people around him, I don't honestly believe. But 100, 110, 115 catches, that's pretty hard to replace. It, it really is. And when they, you know, the thing with the Patriots is you never know week to week. They're going to get you with the ground game this week. They're going to get you with the deep passing game this week. They're going to nickel and dime you to death with Julian Edelman and James White the next week. I wonder if maybe at least partially, not all the way because it's Tom Brady and it's Bill Belichick. But partially, that option's off the table now. I, I don't. I'm not certain that there's that next guy up to fill that Edelman role. That's that's a pretty special role. Your point's well taken that Edelman stepped right into Wes Welker's shoes and filled that. I don't know that Danny, Danny Amendola is the next guy. I, I just True. I don't have that feeling about it. So I wonder if you partially take that option away a little bit, if it makes them, while still by leaps and bounds in my mind, the favorite. I think it makes them at least beatable. They almost look just just above superhuman, you know, not completely unbeatable, just superhuman at this point. Time will tell. I, there's just no doubt in my mind, and maybe it's just because you're getting so used to it that this is the best team in football. Oh, yeah. And it, it just doesn't matter if somebody gets hurt. I mean, look, Gronk, I, I mean, we already know what Gronk is. He's out half the year all the time. Right, right. Uh, you know, Tom Brady went down with with a knee the one year. Matt Castle takes him to what? Yeah, they 11 won eleven games. <laughs> I mean, they missed the playoffs, but they were eleven yeah, and five. Ele- that was a fluke year, right? Um, yeah, any other in that year division. they make the playoffs. Exactly. Any other year. So, 
yeah, I mean, there's just something about, uh, you know, this crew. So I'm just not, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me as far as now, if you're looking at people, obviously Brandon Cook stock, Chris Hogan stock, you know, much higher. Is it? In my mind. That was my next question for you. Is it, do you take a, I'm trying to think of guys you wouldn't draft, Malcolm Mitchell. Uh, Chris Hogan, I don't think you're going to draft. Danny Amendola, you're not going to draft. Is there one guy who slips into that role and becomes – I don't think there's a 100-catch guy there. They're going to adjust around it. Is there a 70-catch guy that's going to step into that slot safety blanket role? I, I don't think there is, or I don't think there's any one person. So, but basically, I'm not even take, still taking flyers on Amendola, on Malcolm Mitchell, on Chris the, Hogan. The thing is, if, and obviously it's a huge if, if Gronk stays healthy, you could have a 95-catch tight end and a 75-catch tight end like they did with Gronk and Hernandez. I think, if anybody, you're right. I think Dwayne Allen becomes the interesting piece in all of this that we're not talking about. If he can put about. it together. He was talking about, we talked about right. on the show last week, that he's having a difficult time, but he is embracing it. If he can master that offense, he could be huge. And I think, yeah, we're sitting here trying to identify that next slot receiver. It might be Dwayne Allen who becomes a guy. That That's an interesting point. So are you taking flyers on any of these guys? I, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think they're worth the roster space. And one of them, one week from tonight, Maybe Rick, Hogan. One of them, maybe Hogan. Let's yeah. say Hogan. Chris Hogan next one week from tonight is going to go out and catch 12 balls. And everybody's going to spend 98 of their 100 FAAB dollars on him. <laughs> and he's not going to catch a combined six passes for the next four weeks. And then he'll do it again, right? right? And I think that's what we're going to see. That's why I want no part of – in a best ball, completely different situation. Download right. your draft app, put in fake pigs, get in on your three, free $3 league, go ahead and throw a couple of those guys in. They're going to win you some weeks. But in my week-to-week redraft, I'm not, I'm not messing with it. Dwayne Allen, though, that's a guy I might in the last round, right before I take my kicker, slide him in there and, and see what comes of that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, sticking with that, I hate to see this. We're such good friends with his agent, really, Omash yeah. Antonio. Cameron Meredith out for the year with an ACL and MCL tear. And really, Rick, lucky it was just that. It was a horrifying scene. Yeah. I don't know if you saw I it. Oh, yes. I thought the kid's career was over, but it seems like if there is any such thing as a I thought ordinary, of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, exactly. You know, just, I mean, just as far as intensity right. and gruesomeness of the, of the injury. But all reports now, if it sounds like – if there is such thing, is an ordinary ACL tear, and I can tell you an ordinary one's no good <laughs> as it is, but that's what it's looking to be, and he obviously out for the year, but looks like career isn't in jeopardy. Hate to see it. Oh, and you lose the terrible. number one wide receiver on the Chicago Bears. Who's next, Rick? Who is there anybody? And the, and the thing is, I had um, I actually had Cameron Meredith in the Scott Fishbowl, as and did I, I, and I was pretty excited to um, you know see what he had. But, you know, the whole thing is the Bears have been looking, looking pretty good. In, of course, it's preseason. But, um, you know, Trubinsky is actually shining. Uh, Mike Glennon and – It's going to be a short leash for Glennon. I think Glennon's uh, going to start yeah. week one, but it's going to be a short, short leash. But, I mean, you know, you get back to uh, wide receivers. I mean, you know, you look at Kevin White is, is the next guy up. You have Marcus Wheaton and Kendall Wright. I mean, you know, they've got a little bit of mediocre depth yeah, there. Yeah. But the next superstar, I don't really know. I mean, uh, you know, Kevin White, I really have my doubts about. We saw a lot about um, 
Marcus or a lot of Marcus Wheaton while he was in Pittsburgh. Of course, he's had the the appendectomy, so he's even questionable for week one. But that's but Kendall Wright, he won't kill you, but he needs to really step up. You know, I don't know if Kendall Wright can do anything as a, as a wide receiver one no. or two. So I mean, Kevin White's one. He's really... going to have to step up, and here he's yeah. one that's driven me nuts. We've had beat him and Brashard Perryman, Rick. We've had beat over our heads for two straight seasons now. That here they come. Here's the next group. Here's the next Odell Beckham and AB, and it just hasn't happened. And it, you haven't really seen it from Kevin White thus far this season. No. But he's going to have to be the guy to step up because you look. I think you nailed it. Mediocre name brands there, right? Kendall Wright. I think I I, I hear him. Victor Cruz. I hear him yeah. get mocked. I always kind of valued Kendall Wright. I always kind of rooted for that guy. He was a name brand anyhow. Marcus Wheaton was, I think, similar to a lot of these guys where he was always supposed to be that next one to step up. I remember spending a lot of time on these airways, Rick, talking about is this the year for Marcus Wheaton as that Steelers offense got progressively better. Just never happened. Just never no. worked out. I dreamt I, I drafted, was it two seasons ago, you know, reasonably early. I mean, we're still talking mid to late rounds, but reasonably early, assuming he was the next guy up in that Steelers offense, just absolutely never came to fruition. Now he's out there in, in Chicago. The appendectomy, certainly nothing, you know, you can't condition for your appendix, obviously. But he had that busted up finger as well. It Was it the webbing in his fingers? So yeah. can't get on the practice field. And Victor Cruz looked good in the first preseason game. They're talking about cutting him. I wonder if that'll happen now with Cameron Meredith out. But he's been such a disappointment. It looks like his playmaking days are over. I it's mean, just even a, in, the thir- in the third game, um, as we sit here about, about four days ago, hey, Victor Cruz was awful. And, and – uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Victor Cruz, I called it last year. I thought his career was done, but he right. actually hung around. But I, I can't see him making this team with with so many wide receivers on that team, even though, you know, Meredith is out. He's, he's just not that good to keep on, I, I don't think. Yeah, and, and, so, I mean, I think I take a chance – a deep chance because you could still get him very deep, and I think I did in the Scott Fish Bowl just out of complete necessity. I think you take the chance on Kevin White and hope he comes. Kendall? No, oh, Kevin, Kevin White. White. I'm sorry. I thought you said Wright. No, not Kendall Wright. <laughs> that, that could get confusing, though. Yeah. I see that. I think you take the chance on White because he's the only guy right now as I look at that roster as it's composed with the skill set, right? With right. The, at least perceived ability to step up. I don't think they're not going to be a dynamic passing offense. I think this is probably a good thing for Jordan Howard. Now he's going to face a lot of crowded boxes. Now that's the thing that worries me is with Meredith and White, it seemed you didn't you saw it seemed a lot more comfortable with with the mm-hmm. ability to take some pressure off Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah. And now it's it's down. So the other down. name is behind Jordan Howard, Mr. Cohen. That's a guy I'm rostering in deeper leagues. Even if yeah. he comes the pass catching back, if Jordan Howard, you know, is having trouble running the ball, this kid's shown he's real dynamic, real shifty, real good in open space. So I think they may try to, you know, I might roster him in deep leagues. So you just wonder. I, I think he he bumps up to at least relevant that you're at least talking about him and putting him on a roster. I know I drafted him very, very near the end in the uh, draft with Giants League. We finally wrapped up last week. And, you know, Jordan Howard, I I don't – and I guess Kevin White's a late pick. But it's just – that's a mess out there. It It is. is. And we just hope Cameron Meredith – 
comes back full strength next year. Absolutely. All right, Rick. The Steelers busy doing things they never do in the offseason. Acquire Vance McDonald in a trade and then sign Joe Hayden, who the Browns cut, signed him exactly one minute past the time <laughs> he was eligible to be signed. Sounded like he took less money to go to Pittsburgh. Like there might have been something in the works uh, long before this. So. Uh, my takeaway from this, Rick, we talked about it uh, yeah. yesterday when the news come out. Steelers are going all in. I think they're convinced and real concerned that this is, if not the last year for Ben, one of the last two, and they're shoving in. That window is about to slam shut, and they're, they're going all in. Yeah, I do. And I think it was a good move. They need a veteran presence back there. With a proven track record. I can't remember the last time they made an even an effort in the secondary. As right. a Steeler fan, even if he bombs out completely, this is the first legitimate effort they have made in, in my 30 years of being a Steeler fan to bolster anything in that. They, they, you know, they got lucky with Ike Taylor. He was a six-rounder, I believe. Yeah, you know, they, Troy. Yeah, Paul Amalu. They traded up at the safety. But I guess I should say specifically the corner Cornerback, position. Right. They, they think they could bring you in off the street and train you to do it, apparently. Apparently, so. trust me, you can't. Yeah, I wouldn't think, but I, in years past, they'd have been willing to give it a whirl yeah. anyhow before drafting one high or making this type of sign. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see. I, I'm as a Steeler fan, I am glad to see this because the line comes together and these linebackers pull together. He could make all the difference in the world in, in that backfield. Right. I mean, they were 16th ranked defense last year. They could be top 10 easily. If he has a good year, stays if healthy. If he plays as the top 10 corner he can be, he hasn't been that in the last two or three seasons. He had a pretty good year last year, right. you know, coming back. But, you know, yeah, but he's 28. Certainly in his prime. He's going to be cresting here pretty soon right. on a downhill slide. But, you know, they signed for, what, three years? That'll take him to 31. And yeah, baggage just, gone. Yep, they'll just you know? let him go on his way. So I do find the the Vance McDonald trade interesting. You know, I know Rick, you you have a minor crush on Jesse James. You know, we talk about him a lot here. You wonder, you know, the way Tomlin talked about the tight ends he had, he referred to the ones he had, so presumably Jesse James being a part of that as being JV and he needed to bring a varsity tight end in here. Plus the fact that he said the Steelers gave him a really hard look the year he was drafted and Tomlin claims now this could all be BS press conference nonsense but also claimed that he has kept a close eye on Vance McDonald's progression since he's been out in San Francisco you just wonder does he step right in maybe not in week one you know probably take him a couple weeks to learn the offense supplant him and be the is he Heath Miller or is he the pass catching tight end we wanted Ladarius Green to be Beats me. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, answer. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, to me, Vance McDonald, I thought he was just a depth acquisition, quite frankly. You know, because Green's gone. You know, I was thinking more or less of Grimble more wow. than, you okay. know, more than him supplanting James. I was just thinking more of, okay, this this is a depth move. And they need some stability there. I mean, if we're going all in, let's make sure right. that something would happen to our starter that somebody that's competent could take over, you know, full time. 
But I think it's telling when he refers to his stable of current tight ends as JV and he had to go out and seek a varsity tight end. I think Vance is going to be giving, given much more opportunity then, right? Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, that's a, that's a not, rough statement from a head coach. I think it, and I think it's uncalled for. I mean, you don't, I mean, you can call a guy out, you need to play better. This, that, and the other. Even in public, you can say, you know, he's got to pull it together. This, that, and that. you don't. I mean, you drafted this guy. <laughs> you don't go out in public. Oh, he's a JV type. Well, that, that tells me that you're not a very good talent scout, doesn't it, there, pal? <laughs> well, you love Jesse James. You are. You no, are offended. I'm, I'm ta- no, I'm talking, Brady, no, I'm talking. No, I'm talking about. Mike Tomlin said. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm talking about his comments. Hey, look, they drafted him. Tomlin's involved in the draft. And then to turn around and make that comment about talent you went after, to me, that I don't know, that, that rubs me the wrong way. Now, if I it, like it. If it was a different regime, I would say, go for it. Tear it down. Yeah. You know, you're, you're starting over. But you're the one that built this. And if you could say he's not playing up to the potential we thought he could have, this, that, and the other, that's one thing. But, you know, just to come right out – you know, we got a group of JV guys. Uh, to me, that's uh, I kind of like it. And, no, I mean seriously, you no, know, like it for what? Because Vance McDonald is an All Pro. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Potential. I, I don't know his blocking ability in, in a past. You're looking at guys seven touchdowns in two years. So you know, averaging you know, say four touchdowns would be what you'd expect from this year. I don't know if I'd expect that from Jesse James, quite frankly. And then the the blocking schemes, which I have no knowledge of. Right, and I mean, as far as like really sticking up for Jesse James, no, I mean, I haven't seen him really come onto the scene and take control of that position. And, and I'm this isn't like a Jesse James, you know, defense here. It, it's I I just think, especially when you're moving into the the first part of the season, you're basically pushing all in. Right. You know, say something else. We're looking for somebody more dynamic, something like that, instead of saying, you know, okay, what what happens there? Okay, here's the thing. Okay, Vance McDonald goes out and they say he takes the starting job. Whatever, week three, blows a knee. But, gee, Mike, how are you going to get through the Super Bowl with JV tight ends? <laughs> Seriously, I'll coach him up. I'll make him better. Give him a chance to make himself. You drafted him. You haven't coached him up. You've coached him to JV level, Mike. What what are you going to do? Well, maybe he was freshman before, and Mike got him to JV, and that's not going to be good enough to this team. But I will say this: that's just my point. I mean, no, I don't. It doesn't hurt my feelings. No, you can hurt my feelings with a hammer. It's just one of these things. Yeah, and you know that well. Yeah, very well. <laughs> From a fantasy football perspective, any of these guys I'm not messing with. True. Irregardless of skill set. If, if you look at this team the way it's constructed, if you get Le'Veon Bell back, which he's expected to be back tomorrow and healthy, you got A.B., you got Martavis Bryant back, you, whatever it ends up, either Juju or uh, Eli Rogers in the slot, there's just re- – realistically, there's not enough to go around to have the – Antonio Gates type of Travis Kelsey type of Gronk type of tight end in that offense, right? No. That's not who they are. So the an opportunity for six to eight touchdowns if Vance McDonald or the JV squad really bust out because they've had have had struggles in the red zone the last couple of years. But by and large, between you know before the twenty yard line, there's not a lot of catches. There'll be some first down opportunities. But I think a good week, a good week for a Steeler tight end, a great week's going to be 
four catches for 35 yards and a touch, right? There's nobody. Yeah, I don't I think agree. there's anybody you could bring in the way this team's currently constructed that's going to have a whole lot of fantasy value. No, I agree 100%. I mean, look, Heath Miller was not a big fantasy value. He no. was decent enough. Right. You could plug him but, in in a bye week and hope he got in the end zone, exactly. right? He's one of those guys. And I think McDonald becomes and, that and guy I think, as well. And I think really what this offense needs – Obviously, I mean, the, the guy, to me, could be in the Hall of Fame, Heath Miller. That's what they need, a complete tight end. Yeah, steady, good blocker, good yes. hands when they need them. Exactly. But the, you don't rely on not athletic at all, obviously. Right. Heath Miller looks like a robot out there most of the time. Yeah, but hit him and you yeah, find <laughs> Right, yeah, it's like running into a machine as yeah. well. All right, last little piece here, Rick. We'll bring it up. This could all be wrapped up before anybody hears it, although I doubt it. They're shooting for Tuesday to have a decision come down. But Ezekiel appealing his suspension to an arbiter who's uh, basically, from what I hear, just a stooge for the league. Uh, I, you're, there's two camps going out there. Number one, that Zeke doesn't have a chance just the way the arbiters, handle, arbiters handled it and not asked the, uh, the victim to come in and answer any questions for, for Elliot's lawyers. And there's another camp that thinks they're going to try to negotiate something here because Elliot, and I think wisely, is threatening the nuclear option. I didn't know there was a nuclear option, but I, I read about it. I read. Do you believe that, Rick? I had my phone in the bathroom again. No. We'll get to that later. Well, maybe your wife read it to you. Well, we'll get back to that later. But basically the Tom Brady approach where if this thing isn't negotiated to a reasonable amount of games, they're going to take it to the federal court, get that emergency injunction that Tom Brady had, and he's going to start playing right away, and then we're going to play this out in kangaroo court for the next year and a half. Right. So Elliot's already promising that, so there seems to be some pressure to find it. I, I think either way – Zeke Elliott's playing by mid-September. I, I really believe that as I see these, as the options are being laid out. And, and I think the outcome of this is really going to be definitive in Jarvis Landry's case. I, they're still investigating him. They've reached no decision. It could be next year right. before they come up with something for him. Yeah, I mean. But there's he's cooperating. There's really, I don't know what evidence they have, but. Here's another one, yeah, and it's it just seems more and more domestic abuse, and you know you you hate to see this with these young guys, but uh, you know we're going to see with Zeke, and then uh, we'll see what shakes out with Jarvis yeah. Landry. But th this honestly feels like the NFL says or this arbiter says, all right, let's make this go away. This has been a black eye, you know, no pun intended, really really poor choice of words, actually. <laughs> but th th this has been a bad situation for both of us. We all look bad. <laughs> Take four games. And Zeke yeah. says, pound it, give me two, and I'll sign. And they agree on three. So I think that's probably number one most likely situation. Number two, I think, I don't know how long it takes to get that injunction. A week or two, maybe, I would think. Yeah. And then he's right back playing. But you know the courts, just the way they ruled on the Tom Brady thing originally, are going to grant him that injunction. I think there's no doubt about it. And that's what the NFL, I think, wants to avoid. So so for folks who've taken him a little early, who who took the risk like I did in the caveman draft, drafting him in the second round after taking Le'Veon Bell with the second overall pick, could be really happy come mid-September. Very possible. Very possible. And speaking of the caveman draft, we yeah, did have that uh, last Friday. Horrible human beings. Terrible oh, people. It is, it, is a, it is a collection of 12 of the most horrible humans. Drug-addled criminals. And 
really probably the best one of the whole bunch last Friday was the worst generally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, the worst he, person was the most behaved. He, he's being kind of girly lately. He's well, got, a, got a boo-boo, and he's being <laughs> girly about it. But I'd uh, say that if he was here. It so. was, I know, it's it was just, it's just a collection of horrible I humans. Mean, we can't give you any details. No. All right, none. but if you're ever in western Pennsylvania, hit up your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter. I'll take you out for a beer, and we'll teach you about these things. We learned a lot about the sickle cell trait that's affecting so many NFL players. That's true. We don't want to discuss on these airwaves what we learned about it, but we learned a whole lot about it. So if you're ever out at a bar with your boys, ask, and we'll tell you. And we also took probably the most groundbreaking vote in fantasy football history. We probably will never tell you that (laughs) one. I'll tell you that one after about three and a half Kerr's lights. I'll tell you about that one, but we'll have to get liquored up a little bit. Two great votes. So, but outside of the awful people and the, all the nonsense and chicanery and the not and just just obscenity, basically, is what it boiled down to. We had a lot of good food. Oh man, a lot of beer, and everybody left everything here. I've been eating like a king and drunk off my ass for a solid week now. I got to tell you. So, as, I tell you, as I, much as I hate having these criminals in my home, I did benefit from it in the long run. I haven't drunk since uh, I left. Oh, really? Well, you, you had enough for about four days' worth when you were here, so you, you were probably good till Tuesday, anyhow. <laughs> that was gruesome. Too old for that You, stuff. you got after it pretty good, I'll give you that. Yeah. I, I was impressed. But So, takeaways, Rick. I don't know. Are going to sit here and break down pick by pick? I don't think anybody cares or anybody wants to hear that. But here's what I'm seeing, Rick. I'm, I'm about to start my third here in nine minutes, my third sort of home league, not with the with the other podcasters, with the – I'm going to do the air quote experts because you know how I feel about it. But those drafts seem to go one way, and it's always interesting then to get in and draft with people who aren't losers and have real lives, <laughs> people not like us who study this and follow it to absurd levels, how that draft goes. And the, the biggest takeaway I can come out of this with, Rick, and your team is the prime example of it, so this will give you an opportunity to talk about your team, is how much higher the wide receivers have been valued in both home leagues I've done, and I'm curious what's going to see. I'll keep you up to date as I do this one while we're on the air. And the way the running backs fell, Rick, in, in this league, and I saw it in one of the other ones I did as well. Oh, I well, we sat beside each other at the draft, and we were, hands. we were both stunned, quite frankly, at the first right. first couple of rounds. I was stunned at your first pick, stunned, and then your second pick, I was even more stunned. Well, yeah, that, that was the thing. I mean, I picked uh, – we have a 12-team league. It's PPR, just let you know. And I picked number 10, and I was – I was shocked that Shady McCoy was still there. Shady McCoy fell to you at number 10. Yeah. I've seen him go five in these expert leagues. He fell to 10. Yeah. And so then, let's see, you go 10, so it's 11, 12, then 12, 11. So it was four more picks. Um, and it came back to me at, what, 2, 3. Mm-hmm. And Melvin Gordon was Melvin sitting there. Gordon. Now, I've been sort of – lukewarm on melvin gordon but at two three i'm all over that already eight minutes into the draft we had to pick of the draft nobody can top that at that point i i was just happy yeah i mean and drunk but happy. well not then not then you, you uh, had a pretty good run on it though you got a good head start yeah but i was happy yeah happy drunk <laughs> yeah. You know, before you started flipping over yeah. tables and <laughs> saying just things we can't repeat in no. the microphones yeah, that you probably said first <laughs> but 
No, and and my receivers, eh, I could be a little stronger, but I'll tell you what, with with having a running back core of McCoy and Gordon, yeah. I, you know, my I'm looking at my roster, my starting receivers are Fitzgerald, Benjamin and Allen Robinson. I don't know what that means. Never I mean, mind. Yeah. If I wanted to do this. Let's go. It's I wanted to hit that when you said Benjamin, and I did oh. the Rick Briggs fat finger on the thing, and yeah. it didn't work. <laughs> you know, and I've got Tyler Eifert. I went out kind of on a limb with him. He's going to be either deadly or you dead. You went a little early on Eifert. For you, from what I expect. Not for ADP. I thought for you, you went early. Yeah, and I picked up Eric Decker. I got two quarterbacks. I got Cam Newton down in the 10th round. You got him so late. And then coming back, I got Kirk Cousins after him. I figured, yeah, why not? You know, in case. Play the matchups. Yeah, in case case Cam has a a great year, I'm fine. If he has a bad year like last year, I still got Cousins. So. And then, you know, I mean, the other ones is just fill-ins. You know, you got Paul Perkins and Shane Vereen. I don't know why I got both of those. But uh, Chikandrick West, I picked him up after we heard the Spencer Ware right, news. Right. And uh, Robbie Anderson. And uh, well, I actually drafted Jeremy Curley, but since dropped him, picked up Travis Benjamin. So there you have it. Yeah, so, I mean, I think what I take away from that, and it happened in my other home league, and I, like I said, I'll keep you up to date as this one gets rolling here very shortly is that I saw not McCoy, it was Freeman and Melvin Gordon go 11-12 in that. So if you're at the, if you're drafting with, with the rubes and the boobs, you know, and you're towards the end of that draft, you know, there's going to be value there at the running back position. So don't hop all over. I'm going to say if you're picking in that 9-10 spot like Rick was, maybe we're not hopping all over A.J. Green here. You know, you're going to walk away with two pretty good running backs, I think. I'm, well, the I'm, thing is, in our leg, A.J. Green went at number six. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, that's true. You sort of took that that option was taken out of your hand. Yeah, I mean, we'll just, just quickly, just in the first round, just to give you how things can go if you're doing these, doing these mock drafts on, on some of these sites. But our draft is PPR. We start three wide receivers and a flex. Um, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, no surprise there. Julio Jones, Mike Evans went five. A.J. Green, six. Beckham went seven. Devontae Freeman, eight. Jordy Nelson went nine. I that picked, was probably the first surprise, Jordy Nelson going nine. McCoy at ten. DeMarco Murray at 11. That was a surprise. J.I.J.E. at 12. Anyway, I thought maybe the run was coming. Ajayi. But in the 13th, coming back around, it started off with Des Bryant. Michael Thomas went, and then I'm sitting there, Michael oh, or Melvin had, Gordon. You had no choice. McCaffrey went right after Gordon, Amari Cooper, Todd Gurley, which I thought was a little early on Gurley. Right. But the running backs are starting to run down. Yeah, there was a run already that yeah. early where panic sort of set in that early. And then so for me, obviously, I picked two. I took Le'Veon Bell. It wasn't a discussion there. Right. And then I came back and I employed the strategy that, that Corey had talked about when we had Corey on last week where I went ahead and I pulled the trigger on, on Zeke Elliott there. Yes, yeah. you did. Knowing, you know, I could piece it back together. I'm, I'm curious how that strategy will work out. I hate experimenting in this league because this is the one where I'll take the most uh, – most uh, ball busting if it doesn't work out. 
but but curious to see how that experiment works. I didn't like. I tell you what, it took a lot of the fun out of it. Sort of overvaluing, you know, average below average running backs as the draft went on. But I didn't hate how it turned out. I don't know if you have my roster in front of you there, Rick. How it turned out. Well, really quickly here. I ended up with D Hop as my number one, who I am higher on than than most folks. I I, I got I got busted on for Tom Savage being his quarterback. I think they have a good report, and I like the things DeAndre Hopkins said about Tom Savage yeah. a couple of weeks ago. That's meaningful to me. I got Stephon Diggs much later, who I thought I, as a kid I'm really high on. You know, my third receiver gets a little squirrely. I don't even remember you who. Yeah, Jamison Crowder. Yeah, so I, I like Crowder. You got C.J. Anderson as a running back. Yeah, I think he's plenty good enough to fill in. There's nobody else there, right? right? They're not going to play Jamal Charles now. Booker's still hurt. Yeah, right. Whatever the success rate is, C.J. Anderson. Anderson's going to be on the field a whole heck of a lot for Denver early on until I can get Zeke back. You have Randall uh, Cobb, you have Kenny Britt, Corey Davis, and Alan Hearns, which is a story behind <laughs> We're going to get Hearns. to that when we're done with here. I'm going to tell them. And you have uh, Darren Sproles and Marlon Mack, you know, rounding out your fill-ins for running back just in case. And I think Marlon Mack was a good pickup. Gore's 34. I know everyone's been ripping him down, writing him off for years, but and he keeps going. This could be the year Mac actually comes in. I, it's hard to say. It's the emo- Watch him get 1,200 yards and retire. Who knows? It's you the know, emotional head, Rick, because if you remember about six weeks ago or less, I declared on these airways that I'm done downgrading Frank Gore. I'm going to buy in. They're going to run the ball. They're going to have trouble with uh, at the quarterback position early on in the year. So now that I said that, after having buried him for the last 14 years, it feels like, this is the year Gore goes down, and I think Marlon Mack could be really successful in that offense when and if that happens right exactly but um, no I mean it, it went it's it's strange I mean there's a lot there's guys that went like the 33 pick overall Keenan Allen um, super high ceiling you know you, you take that injury risk but I'll tell you what if he stays healthy that's a great pick. Well, right. He's a top seven receiver, I think, Rick, right. if he stays healthy easily. Exactly. So He's I right mean, there with A.J. Green, competing with A.J. Green and uh, Julio, maybe not Julio, but Beckham for that fifth spot. I mean, he's right up there in that conversation. It's just that's such a darn big if, you know what I mean? That's true, yeah. And then uh, some of the other running backs went a little later. Wouldn't it surprise me that I was actually looking – to get earlier, but then when Gordon and McCoy fell to me, I really wasn't looking as hard for a running back. Carlos Hyde went uh, the 41st pick overall. And, and when you start getting down into that level of running back, you know, I mean, I thought that was a little bit late for him. I mean, he, right. he's got the workload. He's a starter. There's no getting around that. And, um, you know, a lot of guys are shying away from from, uh, Carlos Hyde. And it's not just our league. I mean, just everywhere in general. And the thing is, he could lose that job at some point, right? He could. But early on, he's going to be the guy. And and Brian Hoyer's looked pretty good, quite frankly. At least he did in that third preseason game. We know what kind of quarterback he is. And he can make an offense move until he doesn't (laughs) or until he gets hurt. Yeah, that's sort of where he is. So Hyde's a guy I'm all all over. I I wish I'd had a crack at him at that value, a few more picks. Maybe you get a look at it. But – 
you know, it was just interesting. You know, what you find out, especially with these home drafts, it, what I have to say is whatever your plan was, ball it up and throw it away when you go into these because you never know what you're going to find out. I don't think any scenario you ran, Rick, in your preparation had you walking away with either one of those running backs, let alone both of them. No, realistically, Rick, I was sitting here thinking, okay, I might get lucky and Gordon will fall to me in the first. But I was thinking more of IJE or Howard, and then I was going to get a receiver coming back, or vice versa. If a, if a receiver that really piqued my interest was there in the first, take that, and then get one of these guys, DeMarco Murray, somebody coming back. Right. I mean, but, you know, things fall weird. I mean, I'll probably be – Five and eight. Yeah, you know, yeah that's, but, that's, you'll find a way to screw it up. There's no question right. about it. But Or one of them, who was it? Uh, Who's the Colts running back who every time he got hit, he looked like he'd been shot. A die. A die, yeah. and, and you <laughs> took him in the first round and strutted out of that draft. That was the year after Braylon Edwards had gone nuts and then remembered he was Braylon Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> and, boy, we crowned you that year, and you, you struggled for four or five wins. Yeah, I actually won uh, – yeah. I actually got Kurt Warner that year late, and that was his coming out in Arizona, which actually carried my team a little bit. But, yeah, boy, well, you got the first couple of picks just dying out there. Right. I mean, Braylon Edwards couldn't catch a cold, and a, D, a die was actually a dead. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that was – A die was but, a uh, dead. It is, it is one hour in, so you better start paying attention to your draft. Yeah, it's going on know. right okay. now. I am two picks away from the second-round pick. Go. And what do you pick? What What position? Six. Did you already pick one? Yeah, so Who did I, you take? I have Mike Evans right now. Mike Evans, that's a very good pick. That's about right where he's this falling, a, this between is a, like five and eight. Well, it, Mike Just Evans depending. was a keeper. You know, wasn't really, I haven't made oh. a pick yet. Oh, okay. So this is a 10-team. We're down to 10 teams because people keep going to jail and dying. You know, oh, being so this that is going to be a stacked team. Yeah, so this is going to be I had six pick in a 10-team league. I've already kept Mike Evans. Well, while you're looking at that. Oh, I am on the clock, Rick, so uh, – so here we go. Let's make the decision right here. There was two guys I was looking at, and somehow they – or no, they didn't fall to me, so never mind. My pick's Devontae Freeman. There's nothing to – oh, no, no, he is still there. So I have Mike Evans, Rick. Do I draft Odell Beckham, double up at the receiver spot, or do I get Devontae Freeman and have the best of both? I'm thinking of going Beckham here. You don't get an opportunity to have those two guys on the same yeah, squad Yeah, go very with Beckham. Often. It's a 10-team league. I can find running back. Yeah. Okay, while you're doing that, Animal Rights Group petitions Fox Sports to fire Michael Vick as an NFL analyst. Back to this again. Uh, okay, I am all for kindness to animals and everything. I have pets all the time, and I certainly take care of them. And I certainly do not condone anything Michael Vick did. No. But you know what? He was tried, convicted, went to jail and he is and big boy jail as yeah, i recall in prison and yeah it wasn't it wasn't mayberry you know right. with andy and barney exactly. yeah, i mean he was, was in a prison hard time he is you know i mean he basically has paid his debts to society but yet they're saying this person is not allowed to have a job and to me, that's ludicrous. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's at what point again? Like you said, no way. You, you're a dog lover. I mean, maybe he shouldn't be a vet. Right, right. Or, or work in a zoo. Yeah. 
But to analyze football games, the guy should be allowed to make a living. Right. And I'll never under, you know, you're not going to change people's mind and you're ticking people off right now. But it's just, you go in, you do your time. And that's in, always bothered me, too. Right. In this country, you know, the, it sounds so cliche that we believe in second chances, but you go to prison to pay a debt to society. He did that. He came back. He played football for a couple of years, right? So, right. I mean, he, he's been around the league. He comes in. There's nothing that he's going to be doing in talking about football games that's going to have any effect on him. I think he's done and said everything he should have coming out of this. It's just got to stop. You know what we have to stop doing, Rick, as, as a society? Stop looking for stuff to be ticked off about. Right. You know, so if you don't like it, don't tell me you're not going to watch the games on Fox. You will you're lying you're, you're going to watch it stop saying that right or if you flip it over to the red zone channel they're still showing foot you're going to watch it, it stop is. with that turn mute him when he comes on you know i can understand maybe the the sight of him makes some real animal lover sick and i, I could live with that right i get that to a degree but but come on you know, with the boycotts and the social media what? knock it off yeah i i agree and you know, it's probably always been there to a point, but this age of social media and everybody having a phone and everything, it's not – now, we, we talk about and, – and I think it is different because we talk about it, and, and you've – you know, I've talked about it as many times. Somebody like an Arnold Palmer or Jack Nicholas. I mean, we can go on and on. Um, you know, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, these kind of guys – they were revered. Right. People loved them. Now, if you succeed, yeah, tearing you, you down. want to tear them down. You know, I mean, what was what was the big thing with Tiger Woods? Man, he's not as good as Jack Nicholas was or, or whatever, or right. who's ever coming up. He's not as good as Tiger Woods. So what? Yeah. How many people are? I mean, you're talking Tiger Woods Zero. and Jack Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one and two. You that, can throw them in a hat, throw Bobby Jones in there if you want. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, that means you're perhaps talking there's about... two better people that ever existed <laughs> yeah. at this than this guy. If you think that's an insult, yeah. you're wrong. That's not an insult. Exactly. And people just want to find something to tear fault to fault somebody that did nothing. Right. And well, to, we can't to, say Michael Vick did nothing. No, I'm not talking <laughs> about that. I'm talking about in right. general. In no, gen- the, right. the no, Vick thing, obviously. Yeah, no. I'm just talking about in general. It's it's so negative that it, it's almost to the beyond reason. And you wonder, and then if somebody doesn't want to sign an autograph, oh, he's, he's terrible. You know, they're not your best friend. No. I mean, they don't need to be posing for— And they don't care about your kid. There's 8,000 <laughs> kids everywhere they go. They can't sign. I don't right. care about your kid, no. and I'm nobody. Your favorite superstar doesn't care give two craps about your stupid kid. The only people in the world that like your stupid kid are you, your wife, and the grandparents. Nobody else can stand your kid. Everybody get that through their head. Your yeah. kids suck. My kid sucks. Rick, your kids suck. Kids are awful. No, stop with this. They don't care, and nor do they have to or should they. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Mine are adults, so I'm fine. Yeah, so they're not even kids anymore, so they're perfectly fine. Yeah. All right, let's move off, Eric. we got a game to play. Before we do that, i got to tell a little story. You you hinted at it a little earlier. I'm just going to shut up because so, you are so stupid. It's funny. <laughs> so the, it's great. So was this yesterday, Rick, I believe, or the day before? I think it was yesterday, yesterday right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, on Twitter, and we all know the only place I go on Twitter. I was in the bathroom, right? 
And so I'm, I work at home too. So I'm, I'm sort of working in there plus uh, monitoring Twitter. And I see a thing pop up in my timeline that says Alan Hearns has been traded to the Packers along with, uh, I don't know, there were picks involved, but it was basically Alan Hearns for Brett Huntley to the Packers, the backup quarterback. Thought, wow, that's interesting. And boy, I like Hearns up there being that sort of number two outside guy with the Packers. That sounds great. So I did no vetting of it, right? I didn't think about it. I didn't pay any attention to it. I hopped right into the Caveman League and picked up Alan Hearns. Texted Rick, you're not going to believe this. Jaguars just traded Hearns to the Packers. We had a nice little conversation about it, so I finished my business. And I got to thinking I had the NFL Network on in the background as the day progressed, and they never mentioned it. And that sounded a little odd to me, Rick. So I started doing a little bit of research, and I found out that this tweet I saw was the only mention <laughs> that this had occurred anywhere in the world. So I went back and I tracked down the, tr- the tweet, Rick, okay? So I tracked okay. it down. And I thought, well, I'm going to open up the story. I'm going to click the link. And here's what I heard, Rick. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this happening, but here's what happened. Remember this song? Yeah, vaguely. This is Rick Astley. Did you know, I'm going to leave it play in the background while I finish the story because I think it's apropos. There's a thing on Twitter, maybe on Facebook, but definitely on Twitter called being Rickrolled. I got Rick rolled, Rick. So they put up some fake news. That's the term of the of the year now, right? They put up some fake news with a story link, and rubes and boobs like me click on it, and there's Rick Ashley singing this wonderful "Never Gonna Give You Up" song. So not only did I fall for it and click the link, I made a roster move. I, I have a freaking podcast on fakepigskin.com, and I made a roster move on an internet hoax. I got Rick rolled. Always get your sources, Rick. <laughs> I got Rick rolled. I don't know what else to yeah, say. Yeah, there's no I'm, doubt I'm about so that. I'm so embarrassed. It's humiliating. I'm getting, of course, I'm getting my chops busted on the caveman website about it, and deservedly so. Yeah, because you're an idiot. I mean, that was, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. It, it, I've seen, and, and when you told me that, because I was at work, I really wasn't paying any much attention, you text me back, I think I got had. <laughs> and and that's before I discovered I'd been yeah. rickrolled. That's even worse. He yeah. says, I think it was a bad tweet or something like that. And I said, yeah, I've seen a whole mess of those kind of tweets the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and no response. Yeah. It yeah. was like, you know, oh. Don't okay. I got rickrolled. All right, let's, let's hold on. Let's pad here, Rick. I'm 50 seconds away at most for making my next pick. So I have the two the two receivers. I am set at receiver, right, Rick, with Mike Evans and Odell Beckham. Right, so you're in round three yeah. picking sixth. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, we're coming. Yeah, so we're heading yeah. down picking six. So I don't want to go after another wide receiver. So here's my running back choices. Let's, uh, let's pop over and take a look at that. I'm going to let you help me draft this team. If I win any money, I promise I won't share my winnings with you. And – well, you should not. Here's who's left out there. Marshawn Lynch. I was going to make the move on Ezekiel Elliott. He went two picks ago, so that, that's not going to work out in this league. So Marshawn Lynch, Leonard Fournette, Lamar Miller, Kareem Hunt, Crowell, Mixon, McCaffrey, Hyde, Anderson. I don't see anybody on that list that really trips my trigger, Rick, at this point. I really don't. Is it too early for Kareem Hunt there? Now, my, my man crush, Jordan Reed, he's still available. Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, Delaney Walker, if I wanted to go to the tight end round. But I really think I need to make a move on a running back here. i tell you what. If it's me in that situation, it's either Hunt or Crowell. Yeah. 
I'm looking for Crowell to break yeah, out this year. I'm not messing with Fournette, I don't think. Although I own no <clears throat> Fournette stock. I'm thinking about making that move here so I own one piece of it. What, what are your thoughts on not necessarily Fournette but that thought process? And I'm in all these leagues and I got yeah, none Yeah, I mean, of it's it. fine. They're going to try to establish a brutal running game in Jacksonville. God knows they and can't And I'm going to be pass. able to get Hunt coming back. Now, I'm going to have two huge upside but two huge question marks at the running back position if I do that. Well, if you have Fournette coming back hunt probably won't be there coming yeah, back these rubes and boobs he will be yeah well you're really liking the rubes and boobs yeah. there tonight i'm gonna take you? fournette here i i took fournette i just i want okay. a piece of leonard fournette it's All the right. it's the third round i think that's good value i didn't like him when he was going at the end of the first early in the second but mid third round i i like that i'm comfortable with that all right well we got a game to play oh yeah here. let's do that so i gotta bring up uh oh Rick, I got too much going on here, man. Well, we got to get the busy. game, and we got a full mailbag yeah. we have to get to, and there's just, just so much. So to here do. we go, Rick. As we all know, we're swamped. You're a this seer. This is what we do for you. Yes, you're a seer. You're a soothsayer. Yes, that, I that's am. what Rick Briggs is. I am. So what he's going to do today is he's going to put on his swami hat, and he is going to solve. And get on fakepigskin.com, and go down at the bottom and read meet the fake pigskin staff yes. and go to rick briggs all <laughs> i need is a little drinking money that's right and that's all you're going to get if, <laughs> if we get that much out of this business okay, but this it's time this is a mystery here. it is time for you to put on your swami hat as okay rick hang briggs. on one second oh hold on grab it well don't rub it all over the all right, microphone there we go. Put well, it that fell head. off i couldn't help it puts on his swabby hat and here we go rick briggs and the asylum solve this year's fantasy football mysteries yes indeed and, of course, I have no fader over here because Alejandro Finkelstein-esque kid hasn't showed back up yet, even though I believe he threatened to all of the caveman <laughs> draft. And, threatened to. And shocker, yeah. nowhere to be seen. So this is all it's going to be. Some of these – this can be your opinion. It can be fact-based. Rick, you look into the future and solve these mysteries. He's kind of like the, the Michigan J. Frog. You know, yeah. we, we talks about it. Hello, my baby. Hello, my dog. Okay, time to show up. You know. <laughs> Well, we have a show picture now, don't we? I think we've used Michigan before, but we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again because why not? All right, Rick, the first mystery to solve. Every year in fantasy football, one of those top two or three running backs, we'll we'll extend it to four for you to make it a little easier, completely bomb out, be it injury, be it whatever, poor team, whatever it is. One of them completely bomb out. Who is the guy that is the biggest candidate for that for you this year? And I'm going to throw in a caveat. You can't use Ezekiel Elliott making the argument of that six-game suspension. So David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Freeman, use those guys. Who is the most likely to bust in that group? As much as I hate to say it because I did draft him in the first round as LaShawn McCoy. I mean, look, they don't have Sammy Watkins on that team anymore. Tyrod Taylor's had a poor preseason. It almost seems like... And they hate him there. I know. They, that's why I'm saying. Even when he looks succeeds, like, they hate him. Yeah, they don't even want him there. Right. And that puts everything on LaShawn McCoy. doesn't matter how good you are. If you have eight in a box staring at you all the time and not much of a threat of anything else, it could be a rough road. I'm hoping that, that Taylor can... Have a good opening week one. That'll take pressure off right then and there. The fans, it'll take pressure off Taylor and so forth. If he, he can get some confidence and have a decent couple of games, 
But uh, I think to me that is probably the biggest one. I agree 100%. And, and from a player standpoint, I think outside of Bell and, and Johnson, you know, from an ability standpoint, he'd be the least likely in that list in, in the length of time he's done it. But he is in by far the worst situation, right? I don't think there's yeah. any question about it. And I agree, as good as LaShawn McCoy is, he's been in the league for a long time, right? You wonder how much can he do on his own. I'm trying not to make injuries become a part of this discussion, but I think they have to to a degree. If he has to get overused, if he takes an unnecessary beating, you have the injury risk. But that team could completely implode around him. In fact, I think it's in the process of happening as we speak that team is is crumbling around him so while I still don't think it's going to happen I think LaShawn McCoy is just that good if I had to pick a candidate I'm with you 100% it's shady and I and the worst part is with Buffalo is bear in mind last year Buffalo scored the exact same amount of points as the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) <laughs> Crazy, mind-boggling, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, it's because Ben Roethlisberger has to play eight games on the road. <laughs> but the point is, you're, no, you, you're right. You're you right. don't look at Pittsburgh as anything less than a dynamic offense. This team put up points last year, 399 of them. Tyrod Taylor was a big part of it, and they have totally lost all patience with this guy. Right. And I don't see it. <laughs> and they let their most explosive player get away. Right. Right. So. You know, what do you want? I, mean, you <laughs> I think they want to tear it down. This feels like one of those money ball, kind of what the Browns did sort of things, right? They're just, they got a new GM in town and he is just stripping it down for parts at this point. It seems that way. And that could affect, and seriously it's a shame because they had a fairly competitive team. Yeah, I mean, good I'm, enough to win eight games and get the doors blown off by New England. But you're yeah. not going to win that division anyhow, so. No, but I thought they would be good enough. Maybe if things fell right, they could be a wild card team. Right, right. And, I mean, Buffalo desperately needs a playoff team. Right. Oh, yeah. They're still longest in the NFL without making it, right? And I yeah. like Buffalo, and I like their fans. Yeah. It's a cool atmosphere if you ever get a chance to go up there. All right, one pick away, Rick. I will throw one out in the meantime. Rick, solve this mystery. Is Tom Savage the answer to getting DeAndre Hopkins back to his 2015 form? You know how I feel about this. I know he is in DeAndre Hopkins' mind. Right. And if he is in DeAndre Hopkins' mind, he probably is in Tom Savage's mind. And yet they've got about 75% of the battle whooped. Right. Because they've got chemistry and they've got confidence. And trust. Exactly. Trust. The offensive line protects Savage. Lamar Miller can run the football. I think they'll be fine. And and I think Dondre Hopkins is set for a good year. All right, Rick. Kareem Hunt or Christian McCaffrey? I'm about to make my fourth-round pick. Boy, I hate having two rookie running backs, but that's what I'm going to have. Isaiah Crowell. He just went. He went one pick ahead of me. So, based on these rankings, this isn't my order, but based on these rankings, Hunt, Mixon, McCaffrey, Hyde, and then we get into your Andersons, Piles, and Cooks. Oh. So this is down to Hunt and McCaffrey for me. Hyde's interesting, but it's too early. I think I think yeah. I may be able to get a piece of him later on. Um, you know, McCaffrey's going to be so involved. The NFC South is so wide open defensively. I right. mean, it was like four of the worst defenses in the league last year. Um, well, it's a PPR so, league. I. Flip a coin. I, I really don't know. I think if it was me, I'd probably go with McCaffrey. I think I'm going to do that as well. I'm going to. You're the tiebreaker. You gave me that. 
So two rookie running backs. They have two stud wide receivers and two rookie running backs. So high upside. This team could be unstoppable or it could be a poop show. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right. So where are we at? Tom More Savage, mysteries. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So that's the big thing. Look, Tom Savage is not the next coming of Aaron Rodgers. And nobody thinks that. He's a, he seems to be yeah, a – Yeah, but neither was Brian Hoyer. That's my point. He seems to be competent. I think half the problem last year was Brock Osweiler was so incompetent, and then when Tom Savage got opportunities coming in middle of games, coming in on short weeks, I think he's had an off season. But the biggest thing for me, and that's why I took him when I did in the Caveman League, I liked that trust level. I like that DeAndre Hopkins, while Deshaun Watson was getting all the shine. And grant you, this is where the danger comes in. If Savage struggles early on, there's going to be a big clamoring to get Deshaun Watson in there. But for DeAndre Hopkins to go to bat, to go to the media and say, I say Tom Savage is the guy. Tom Savage is the best guy for DeAndre Hopkins. Write that down. Enough said. I don't remember what the exact quote was, but it was pretty darn close yeah. to something. It was that bold what he you said. You know, Deshaun Watson had a great camp. Right. You know, you could almost see it. But he, he wasn't even close to the level Savage was, quite frankly. No, no, absolutely He's more not. athletic, obviously. But – yeah, I mean, I think this is Savage's team, and I, I think I think he'll have a good year. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. All right, Rick, look into that crystal ball. How many games does Andrew Luck actually play in 2017? You know, that's something we probably should have hit on. I'll tell you what, stick a fork in Indianapolis because they're done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't believe in Scott Tolzien? I do not believe that Andrew Luck will see the field before week eight at minimum. And if they're sitting there at two and five or whatever it is, I'm not sure where their buy is, whatever the case may be, they may not risk him. He's the franchise. Yeah, that's true. Everything else stinks. You're 0 and 4. Yeah, well, or I whatever. take the risk. I, I mean, never if, considered that. If it's that. week eight and they've played seven games, I, like I said, I'm not sure when the buy is. I have to look at the schedule. But say you're two and five, one and six, even three and four, but just a miserable you know feel about the team why would you risk him i'm gonna i'm gonna go with um five or less i i agree what's it mean for ty hilton does scott tolzine hurt ty hilton's value to you own no ty hilton okay i I mean this year because he's going at a price that i'm not willing to pay right now for him the way things are in in that look their defense isn't any good yeah throw the preseason out right right the offensive line's terrible, and I don't care how good T.Y. Hilton is. I mean, we saw it last year with Brock Osweiler and DeAndre Hopkins. doesn't matter how great DeAndre Hopkins is. You got a cat back there that can't get you the ball or can't even see you open. Right. It's just not going to work. Yeah, plus – Scott it, Tolzien isn't Andrew Luck. And even – yeah, so, uh, shocker, everybody's – you yeah. warn people when you're going to say stuff like that, Rick, for God's sake. Hey. Come on. <laughs> just, whoa. Yeah. But even say Scott Tolzien's competent. I'd, I'd be willing to argue he's competent, a competent backup, right? Sure. In that case, Hilton would drop a little bit on my list, but he wouldn't fall completely off my radar. But – a mediocre, low-end mediocre quarterback with a bad offensive line. How in the hell is he ever going to find T.Y. Hilton, right? I mean, how he's not going to have time to find T.Y. Hilton for him, so I think he drops even more. And, yeah, he, he's out of the our wide receiver one and probably even two discussion for me. Look, if I can get him as a three, but I'm not going to. 
based on current ADPs and on the name brand that it is T.Y. Hilton, I'm not willing to pay the price. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. It's I, the off, more the offensive line than the quarterback for me. And, you know, in our league, he went uh, 212. Crazy. Crazy. And well, of course, that was Finkelstein, so. Yeah, that, that, that's a good memory. But coming off after him, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Gronk. I mean, you know, I would certainly pay more for Gronk than, than him right now. Doug Baldwin, uh, Keenan Allen, Fitzgerald. Right now, I'm taking these guys over him all day long because I, I think the Colts are done. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just that bet. All right, I am on deck, Rick. I bet people love just listening to me draft, right, especially in a 10-team league because I'm drafting quick and there's big names. We stuff. have mysteries to solve and a, and a mailbag to get to. Yeah, we so. just settled down. So Kareem Hunt just went one pick, two picks before I was going to. I thought Hunt was going to make it back for me. These guys are extra dumb here. So I can probably take my pick now, you know, Demarius Thomas. Alshon Jeffrey's still out there. That's the name that's jumping off the page at me. For the moment, my boy Jarvis Landry still hanging around there. I'm basically looking for a flex right now, the way I see it. I what about could. tight ends? Tight ends. Your boy Olsen went. My man crush is still out there. No, he's gone too. So we're into the Jimmy Graham, Delaney Walker tier. I'm not going to mess with that this early on. Keenan Allen? Believe. That's the name I was just getting ready to look for. Obviously, I haven't been following who's going. Yeah, Keenan Allen's still out there. With my top two, that might be worth the risk for him there. I tell you what, he stays healthy. That is a trio. Yeah, I got three of the top ten. I got three of the top ten receivers. You're absolutely right, Rick. That's a name I was looking for because who ahead of him on this stupid list for the site, which you can't take any stock in, being Demarius Thomas, Terrell Pryor, Jeffrey Robinson, Watkins, Crabtree, Landry, and Tate. Allen Ceiling is higher than any of those guys, and by leaps and bounds. So. I agree 100%. Rick Keenan Allen is going to be my man in this pick. I am on the clock right now. Whoops, I just hit the wrong button. So there we go. I got Keenan Allen in my slot, Rick, or in my in my slot. In your queue. In my, not in my queue. I have him in my flex position oh, okay. is what I meant to All say. Right. I feel pretty darn good about that. Yeah. Don't love the rookie running backs, but I like having Keenan Allen in my flex. All right, Rick, get out that crystal ball again. Enough about me. Do any of the Cowboys' Zeke replacements have any real fantasy value to you? Yeah, I think Darren McFadden could be very valuable yeah. the first, especially if this thing holds up for six games. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly. You don't worry about them sharing too much? No, because he's sharing with Alfred Morris, and I tell you what, there were the rumblings early on that Alfred Morris was going to get cut before the suspension came down. Right. And, you know, Darren McFadden – like him or not because of his injury you know proneness he's a, he's a proven talent he can get it done if he's healthy and behind that line i think darren mcfadden has a lot of value well we've been going an hour 15 already yeah it, i know it, it gets too easy this time of year all right so i'm gonna skip ahead here here, here i like this look into your crystal ball rick what does jay cutler mean to my boy jarvis landry I think he means more positively to Devontae Parker than he does to Jarvis Landry. But I don't think he's going to hurt Landry a ton. Um, you know, he when he had Elshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall, there's plenty to go around. So, I mean, you know, Cutler's going to – I mean, Landry's going to get his. But I think Devontae Parker – 
picks it up. And I think Stills actually picks it up. He's yeah. a nine-touchdown guy yeah. last year. Yeah, he just gets forgotten about out there. A guy who caught nine touchdowns, just completely yeah. forgotten. So, I mean, I think with Cutler, I think – I hate saying this because it, it, it's really not based in reality. I just love the guy's arm. I hate his head. If he had a Johnny Unitas head, he'd probably be a Hall of Famer. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. But. Yeah, I worry about I this. I don't think it you. hurts Jarvis Landry, but I think it helps Devontae Parker. But I don't think Jarvis Landry's a 100-catch guy with Jay Cutler. The one thing, I think they upgrade with Cutler in the deep game when you bring up Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, right? He's got a big arm. He's not the touch pass, slot receiver type of guy. So I agree Landry gets his. But you know what I think Landry becomes? He becomes the guy all the nerds said he was for the last three years while he was catching 100 balls, right? I think he becomes now a 65-70 catch type of guy. You may see his touchdown numbers go up a little bit, but I don't think he's a 100-catch guy. And therefore, with his yards per catch and his first down percentage and all those numbers they use to tell us why he stinks, I think some of that comes into play. I think it does drop him a couple, three rounds for me. It really does. I think he still has some value, but not near the value he would have had otherwise. I, I do think it hurts him fairly significantly. If we're talking 25 or 30 catch, is that's fairly really significant in a PPR, which is really the only place where you're valuing Jarvis Landry anyhow. Yeah, in PPR, you're you're absolutely right. However, his touchdowns could go up. It's right. it's one of these things with Cutler. Who clicks with him and who doesn't? And you know, if if they happen to hit it off, he could have a decent enough year. Yeah, maybe not 95 catches, but he might be 80, but still a thousand yards. Right. Right. So. Yeah, and maybe we see that. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's hard what to we say. get. All right, one more, Rick, and then we'll get to the mailbag. We're running uh, way, way into overtime here, and the paychecks just aren't enough to justify too much <laughs> overtime. Nah. So uh, let's go with this one, Rick. Swami Briggs. Who will end the season as the Buccaneers' top running back? Uh, you know how I feel about Doug Martin. But I'm not sure Chiquiz is is the guy. Um, you know, barring no injuries, obviously. Right. Um, right. I'm still gonna have to go with Martin being the top guy. Yeah. I, see, I bought into for a long time. You know, I bring it up every week. The, yeah. the OC and the coaches saying, "Look, it's not even guaranteed to be his job when he comes back." Here's what is guaranteed: he's going to get first look. All right, you know, quizzes they'll split carries early on. So you have three games to just quiz, and I think quiz is going to be really good in those games. I, I really do. Anytime this kid's given an opportunity, he succeeded. What you wonder about with a guy like that, and you see it so often. Is he a perpetual backup? Is that who he is? Can he do it 15 times? Can he do it 16 times? I'm not convinced of that. Doug Martin has done it you know, with various levels of success. <laughs> True. With two, you know, up and down and made four games. Even in the good years, he does it in four or five games. So I'm going to tend to agree with you. I'll tell you what, I'm drafting quiz because I want every piece of him I can have in the first three rounds, especially if I'm going wide receiver heavy in some leagues. I think Jaquiz has a lot of value in a flex spot early on in the year. 
I don't know that I'm messing with Doug Martin. I think once the time comes, I'm not sure. Now, Doug Martin's got a pretty fair price tag, so he's worth gambling on. I think he does end the year as that guy. That said, I'm not in love with either long term. I'm really not. No, I agree with you. And you look at their schedule at Miami, at home Chicago, okay, at Minnesota, at home Giants, at home New England, at Arizona. At Buffalo, I mean, it doesn't get real easy. No, no, that's a good point, too. And, um, you know, it, it could be rough going for Tampa Bay right ahead. They pull off a couple big wins, then it eases off a little bit, but they still have, after the bye in Week 11, they still have at Atlanta, at Green Bay, and then they have Atlanta again at home, and then, of course, uh, Carolina and New Orleans. So, I mean, it's a tough schedule. Yeah. And I'm with you. I'm Long term, I'm not really on either one of these yeah, guys' bandwagon. It's... Just, it's if you can get the right price on Doug Martin, it's he's worth rostering. Okay, going back to the mystery question, which one do I think will be the leading rusher on the team is Doug Martin. Right. However, I think Jaquiz Rogers is going to be the best value oh, in, in a PPR thing because you can get him later, and he's going to catch his balls. He's going to get work once Doug oh, yeah, Martin comes no back. Doubt. So, yeah, I agree. All right, Rick, let's get to the mailbag and get the heck out of here. All right. I think we need a theme song for the mailbag. I do. I, we need to come up with that. I will and work we, on and, that. And I hope that you got the, the outgoing song that we talked about last week. I forgot what what oh no I remember now no I ah, didn't do it and no. I, I have to edit out all that talking huh well you need to remind yeah. me you need to remind me next Wednesday okay oh I'm on the clock again hold okay your hang on hold your horse everybody stop I'll, I'll stop <laughs> oh don't throw the mail bag I'm, away no, I'm putting it back in. oh okay sorry Stuffing it in the bag. All right, Rick, so we know what I have. I got Fournette and McCaffrey at the running back slot, Evans, Odell, Beckham, and I got Keenan Allen in the flex. So now I've sort of got luxury, Rick. I can go any direction I want here. There's only one flex spot, only two wide receivers in this league. So I, I've got all kind, all the room in the world. Yeah, the tight ends, you start thinking about them, Jimmy Graham, Delaney Walker, Tyler Eifert. Yeah, nobody that blows my skirt up. Not well, I'll thinking. tell you what, though. You're, we talked about Keenan Allen, if he can stay healthy. Eifert's a monster if he stays yeah, healthy. Yeah, he's a monster in the end. I think I can wait around for that then. So How about quarterbacks? Quarterbacks, we're down to uh, Mariota, Wilson, Newton, Cousins, that tier. There was a run on them okay. already. How about running backs again? So if we go back to the running back position, we got Mixon, Gillisley, Abdullah, Perkins, Coleman, Blunt, Martin, Woodhead. We're kind of down into that range there. Well, I've only got 20 seconds to pick. I better think yeah, quick. Yeah, you better hurry up. Yeah, from a wide receiver standpoint. You know what? Allen Robinson's still hanging out there. there. You go. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Then I don't even have to think about that position again. Whew, I didn't realize they got us on a short clock Boy, here no as this kidding. thing goes on. All right, give me a question, Rick. Okay, this is from Scott. Obviously not Scott Fish because he wouldn't. Uh, no, we ask him questions, not the other way around. Drafting in a two-keeper league. All right. This is interesting. It's PPR. What one would you keep out of these? I am keeping Jordy Nelson. But which one would you keep? Gurley? Eli? Jarvis Landry, Jamison Crowder. So Gurley, Eli, Landry, Crowder. Did I miss one? Nope. All right. And who was the one he kept? Because that's important. Jordy Nelson. So he kept Jordy. So he kept the the top tier wide receiver. We just talked about Landry. I, I value Crowder over him. I'm not messing with Eli. You can get Eli back yeah. later on. So we take those two out. This comes down to Gurley and Crowder. 
in a two-keeper league, I think running backs are going to be harder to come by. He's got a better shot of getting Crowder back than he does Gurley. I, I don't I don't love Gurley. I'm still nervous about him. But for me, this is going to be Todd Gurley. Yeah, me too. I, for the exact same reason. You're keeping two. There's probably a lot of running backs being kept. Yeah, I'm thinking if it's a 12-team league, there's going to be you've got 18. A, yeah, you've got a starter on your lineup right. with Todd Gurley. Keep him because you don't know what's going to happen. Okay, this is from Travis. Trade question. Oh, I like it. I like it. Blow it up already. We already had a trade in the caveman league. I was laughing. Our league is standard format. Okay. Okay. That's pretty important. Certainly. I have been offered T.Y. Hilton and Greg Olson for Devontae Adams and Cameron Brait. Okay, so... We look at this. I like Devontae Adams pretty well over T.Y. Hilton. I like, though, Greg Olson way over Cameron Brait. It's a pretty fair deal. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'd take the T.Y. Hilton, Greg Olson side. I think you upgrade so dramatically at the tight end position. For everything we've talked about with T.Y. Hilton, that I'd take him as a three. I'll tell you what. You're still you're giving up a two to get a two back quite frankly. Andrew Luck, I presume, comes back at some point. I, I like the Hilton Olsen side of this. You know, I'm going to disagree for, wow, the, for the simple me. reason it's standard format. Greg Olsen had three touchdowns last year. Cameron Braid had eight. Right. You wonder how much O.J. Howard's going to push him. It doesn't look like much now. Right now, What happens as the year goes on. Devontae Adams, he, he's double-digit guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think he had 12 touchdowns last year. Jordy Nelson had the 14. So Aaron Rodgers are going to get it to these guys. I'm not sure what T.Y. Hilton's going to get. Yeah, he's a he's a mystery. He's a mystery. So, I think – I mean, I agree with you. Olsen's still an upgrade, just yardage. Even the, even you don't get points for the catches, the yardage is going to be there probably by 300 yards. Right, If not easily, more. Easily, yeah. So, I mean, you can flip a coin. You go with your gut. To me, I think it's Devontae Adams. I like that Green Bay offense. And um, Cameron Brait should give you enough to uh, make up the difference. All right. We apologize for disagreeing, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, so pick who you like better, which would be me, clearly. Well, pff, I doubt it. Okay, this is from Steve. How should a commissioner handle a situation where a guy gives up? Last year, one of our guys drafted a bad team and basically quit in midseason by not putting in lineups, making moves, etc. This year, he is back in, and his team looks awful. Oh, no. No, he doesn't come back in. Well, he's in. I mean, he's obviously this guy isn't a commissioner, or maybe he is. He didn't really say if he is. Number one, he wouldn't have been back in if I – well, you know me. And I get threatened sometimes by these guys. Well, what if I don't draft a picker, a kicker? Okay, I'm not going to stick your team on the site. See (laughs) you. But, no, I mean, and it's not trying to wield power, but it just – if a guy's going to quit, we've had guys in our league – and you've been there more and all – more often than not, at three and something, yeah, and I spend looking a, up. I either win the championship or I start out right. one and seven. There's no in between for me. But you are there making moves, putting in lineups, because there's nothing that pleases you more than winning yeah. a championship, except maybe keeping me out of the playoffs oh, yeah, or yeah. somebody else. I, if I go one and twelve, 
but that one win knocks you out of the playoff spot. I will trade. It's a win. I will trade four championships for that. Four championships I'll trade for that. All right, Rick. Joe Mixon, Amir Abdullah, Paul Perkins, oh, Kevin Coleman. Mixon. So I'm going to go with the the third rookie running back. Is the only three on well, my roster? Kevin Coleman's interesting, but with Devontae Freeman there, I, I don't think Coleman's – I don't buy – what everyone else does with Mixing. him, I really do. I am. I'm going to go with three. One, at least one of them will hit right. Why not? And then I'll get a, I'll get a uh, veteran here Paul later. Paul Perkins on. is liable to be there again yeah, anyway. I would, so. I would think so because half the guys in this league I've never heard of Paul Perkins right. before. They probably think it's a restaurant. I think I'll go QB tight end at the next turn just All to right. get that done. Are you ready? Yes. Sir. Okay, and this is from. Oh, Paul. I never answered the question. <laughs> What? Yeah, we did. Okay. We, we wouldn't let the guy in. Yeah, I didn't ever let him in. The answer in season, the commissioner has to take over the team. You know, any trades, anything like that, have right. to go up for a vote. But if you get in a league where you don't trust the commissioner to do something like that, you shouldn't be in that league. So I'm tired of that. Well, what if the commissioner – Yeah, uh, well, uh, then no, quit no. the league. No, you know, if, if that happened and you had to take a team over, I would pay no attention to what you did with it. Believe it or not, as awful as a human being you are, <laughs> and as much as really personally I dislike you, yeah. I trust <laughs> you to do it fairly. You're not going to be dropping the two valuable no. assets on that team to pick them up for yours. If, if you have a commissioner that you don't trust, then you shouldn't be in that league. So the commissioner's got to take it over in season, and that guy can never be back. The fact that he is back, you just have to monitor it, and somebody's going to take that team over. Yeah, and, yeah, you're right. If you don't like the commissioner, then you're not in the league. And, and if the commissioner is a good guy but just not really sure what to do, then maybe you get together and you say, right. okay, this is what we want to do with this clown. You know, boot him out. Somebody will take over the team, or you take it over, or whatever right. the case may be. But get him out, right? And, yes. and he doesn't play again. Just as simple as that. Okay, this is from Paul. Trade offer. Okay. In a PPR league. Yeah, you need your pencil on this one. I already wrote all over that. Hold on. Here's a piece. There we go. I, you I got some. Yeah, right. I got. It. I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay, trade offer in PPR. I have Zeke, Crowell. Rob Kelly and Terrence West running back. In pretty good, pretty good spot right now. So Not hold bad. On. do I need to write all that down? So Zeke, uh, you might want to. Fat yeah. Rob, Crowell. Who was the fourth one? Terrence West. W- West. Okay. My quarterbacks are Luck and Dalton. Okay, don't love that. I was offered Aaron Rodgers and Paul Perkins for Zeke and Dalton. Wow, is this a dynasty or some type of keeper league? It doesn't say. I wonder why this guy, the Rodgers side, would make that move. So you get Rodgers, Zeke, get rid of Dalton. Maybe he has a Phil Rivers as a backup and thinks Zeke is going to come back and yeah. and make up that. I mean, yeah, look, he's given up um, Paul Perkins. Ezekiel Elliott, you know what yeah. I'm saying? In a, in a keeper league, this is a big fat no. In a year-to-year redraft – I'm going to assume it's redraft because it doesn't say. So. I'll tell you this: if you can, if in you, if you can sit on this thing till the first of next week, see what news comes out about Zeke. If he serves four games or more, if it stays at six, serves four or more, I make that move. If he doesn't, I think I don't do it. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it, as it much does. as you're giving up, giving up Zeke, 16 games or 13 games or whatever you want to look at it from from Rodgers is so much more is still more valuable than nine or seven or eight. You from know, I'll Zeke. be I'll be real honest with you, Rick. If I'm looking at this thing, you have Zeke on your bench. 
throw in Andy Dalton in your starting lineup. You, you, you've got Crowell. He's a no-brainer start. Take, pick your poison with Kelly or West. I don't know what your wide receivers are because you didn't tell us. But I think you should be able to go, if you can get through three or four games, if it's reduced down to there at 500, you plug Zeke back in. Now, you got Zeke and Crowell. It's true. Dalton, look, I mean, you know, Dalton is – Do you think Luck comes back and is, is Andrew Luck? Because if he comes back and he's Andrew Luck, you're not missing much. I, you know, right. obviously Rodgers much still better. Right. But your gap isn't anywhere near. You're if you've got to get... play ten games of Andy Dalton, you're in a bit of trouble there. Well, are you, though? You look back two years ago and Cincinnati was pretty healthy. He had a pretty good year. Right. A.J. Green gets banged up. You know, Bernard got banged up. Hill was even dinged up. He, he was really didn't have many weapons. John Ross is there now instead of, who was it, Andrew Hawkins? Somebody, right. You know. Yeah, Ross is an interesting piece of that. I puzzle. mean, actually, Dalton may serve you okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm almost tempted to gamble. It's almost like a panic move. I need a quarterback. I got to get this quarterback. Well, you're giving up Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Right. I, I don't know. I, I think I may sit pat with this one. Okay. We can't agree on the trades today. Not really. Though. Okay. This is from Tom. Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. I wonder what the scenario is there. I don't know. If he just wants me to rank them. Well, we know where I have Derek Carr. So I go Carr, Cousins, Russell Wilson in that order. I think I'm right there with you. I really am. Okay, this is from Aaron. A-A-Ron. Don't you have to pick or something? Actually, yeah, I just went okay. on the clock. So. All right, because that was not humorous, all right? <laughs> well, you've, you've never seen the skit then. It's quite humorous, as a matter of fact. You don't watch anything, so how would I see that? Somebody I mean, sent it to me on Twitter or something. Also, it lasted four seconds and you thought it was humorous. All right, Tyler Eifert, or do I make Stefan Diggs my fifth wide receiver Eifert. on this team? Eifert. That's what I'm He could thinking. be huge. Yeah, yeah. give me those touchdowns in, a, in this league. I'm going to do it. All right. Okay, this is from Aaron. I am number 12 pick in a 12-team PPR league. What strategy would you go with the first two picks? I am counting on one of these scenarios being available. All right, so I get to pick a scenario. All right. I-J-E. Oh, it didn't make any noise. Uh, just, it, you're just... I'm distracted. Where, tonight, where is, I-J-E. There yeah. it is. I-J-E. If we had a producer, this wouldn't happen. I Finkelstein. know. <laughs> yeah. Alejandro. When, boy, when are you going to get your act together? That's what we've been asking for the last few months. <laughs> I'll tell you, that kid. Okay, I-J-E and Lamar Miller. Okay. I-J-E, Doug Baldwin. Howard and Baldwin. Howard and Miller. Okay, so... I wonder why he thinks Baldwin's going to be the best wide receiver available there. I don't know. I like anything that involves Miller, throw it out. Throw it out. I ain't messing with Lamar Miller this year. I'm nervous about that whole situation. I'll be honest with you. In his scenarios, it's Howard and Miller for me. I mean, he doesn't give you the choice of IJE and Howard, so I'm assuming he's thinking – 
you know, one, either or is going to be at 12. Yeah, if you can get Ajayi Howard, that's a move. Out of what you laid out for me, it's Ajayi Baldwin. Yeah, I, I'm not messing with Miller here. I just, I, I've soured on him. I'm nervous about about that whole situation. I think with the rookie there, Alfred Blue, still hanging around. Alfred I don't, Blue, I don't, he can hang around till the cows come home. He's not going <laughs> to threaten Lamar Miller's workload. No, but I just something. I, I got a bad. This is one of those gut feelings on Lamar Miller. So I, I want every bit of your boy Ajayi. I can get yeah. Alfred could hang around till he's blue in the face. <laughs> oh, waka waka waka. All right. Okay, where are we at here? Another simple one. I like that. Well, those. I mean, it's short. Uh, yeah. Jamison Crowder. Okay. Allen Robinson. Don't give us any details if it's standard or PPR, so give two answers. Uh, I don't think it matters to me. I, I think it's still got to be Allen Robinson. I really – I love this kid, Jamison Crowder. I think what's interesting, you could have both of these guys on a team if, if you wanted them. Right. Allen Robinson's the number one guy. They're trying to shop Hearns. There's issues there. It can't be as bad as last year. I, I think yeah, – I know Blake Burrell's got the call to start, but he's going to come out and trip over his feet and show up drunk and be on the bench by week three. <laughs> And crazy. What if they stumbled out and, and won a couple of games? You think he might straighten up and? Uh... He might drink more. You got to go out and celebrate. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I think Allen Robinson's the number one. He's re- he's shown what he can do when when Blake Bortles is rolling well. I think if the Bortles thing falls flat again, you're going to suffer for a couple weeks like you did last year. But I think Henny's actually an upgrade. Jamison Crowder, you can just get so much later. Right. Moran said that that's the best he's ever seen Blake Bortles. Oh, of course he Now, isn't that, that – After he spent a month blasting him in the media, now he's building him back up. But if I that's guess. the best, <laughs> uh, that was that's what really struck me. It's not like, oh, he's playing well or playing you better. You know what I want? That's the best? He's so drunk all the time from what I hear. <laughs> if he shows up drunk enough and you could tell him before he goes out there, before the game starts. We have no proof of this. All right, Blake, it's it's middle of the third quarter. We're down 25. We're going to open this thing up. You know what he does when they're down 25 in the middle of the third quarter. Yeah, he throws for 350 and three and, and touchdowns. Touch. So if he's drunk enough, you could convince him of that to start the game, like maybe keep him in the <laughs> locker room till after the national anthem and everything, and then wheel his drunk ass out and tell him that. Then maybe now all of a sudden Allen Robinson's maybe a top ten could, receiver. Yeah, maybe they could start treating him like uh, Hulk Hogan used to treat Kevin Nash and Scott Hall back in the old NWO days. They said they used to walk in a locker room. There's always a cooler full of beer, beer there, right. and, and they'd sit there and drink till like halfway through the show. They had to come out and beat up somebody yeah. and then go back in, yeah. and they drink till they had to come out for the second time for the ending. So, yeah. so actually, rather than trying to fool him, start Chad Henney. Keep him in the back main line and Miller light, and then at halftime, bring Bortles out when he can play in the second half. Tell him Henny got hurt. And yeah. You got to get in there and, they and may save only, the game. They may only be down ten or fourteen instead of twenty five, and he's going to give <laughs> that gives him the best chance to win, and it's best for everybody's fantasy numbers. <laughs> well, we resolved that. Yeah, no, no problem. Okay, this is Stu. <laughs> Stu, what a great name! I didn't know there were still people named Stu. Stewart, you know, I guess, you know. Whoa. Yeah, you know, S-T-E-W, now, or S-T-U. Like, like, like the beef stew. Yeah. Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. S-T-U. I think a, a, a good stew's S-T-U. 
If your name's Stewart. S-T-E-W is kind of a nub Stewart. That's almost a last name, Stewart. Yeah. yeah. You know. But yeah, anyway. think, of course, it could be Alejandro Stewart Finkelstein. Could be. That'd be nice. Okay, I am at a crossroads. Yeah, me too. Between life and death. <laughs> PPR format. All right. I am the number five pick. If, and of course he's got it in capital letters, if it goes Johnson, Bell, Brown, Julio, would you take Evans or Beckham? Evans, not even close to me. Not even close. And I, I think if there's a candidate to supplant A, B, and Julio is one, too, it's Mike Evans. I, I'm that high on that kid yeah, this year. I am, too. I, I agree 100%. Or you could be silly like your boy and have them both like he does right now. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, if you're in one of these. In a 10-team boob and rube league <laughs> like a, I am. It's not even a boob league. It's just a rube league. Oh, speaking of the rube league, okay. I'm on the clock, my All friend. Right. So is it time to start looking at quarterbacks? I don't have one of those. There's Some of these losers are starting to take their second one already. Prescott, Stafford, Derek Carr. Do I take, Carr. Do I take Carr here or – Let's see what else is out there. I only got a minute left because I just noticed. Do I is this where I take the chance on uh, on Doug Martin and stash him away with all those rookie running backs? We talked about Stephon Diggs and Crowder. They're both still there, but they're going to be my fifth wide take receiver. Then just wrap that up. Yeah. That now you don't have to worry about all it. All right, and then the rest are luxury picks. I have no other needs. Exactly. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, let's get to Stu here. Or did we already do some? Well, we talked about his name. Did he ask his <laughs> yeah. question? Blitz. Oh, yeah. His was the Evans OBJ okay. question. So oh, yeah. Here it that. is right here. Okay. All right. D- this is from Darby. Believe Darby. it. Darby? Yeah. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. It doesn't well, matter. I'm going to guess it's a guy. What woman would listen to this crap? <laughs> I don't know. When are the two of you going to grow up? I mean, this shtick was cute for a while, but it's gotten stale. Tough. See, that's what that's what women think of us, Rick. Believe it or not, I lost Cameron Meredith and Spencer Ware. I believe it. Yeah. I know a few cats in that boat. So I have picked up junk to replace them. I was offered Terrence West and Golden Tate from one of my scrubs, and then in parentheses he has Tajay Sharp, and Odell Beckham. You... <laughs> I don't know what the rest of the composition of his team I is. I don't either. That's the problem. I'll tell you what. He, did, he didn't take Ware before the sixth round, right? I'm, I'm assuming. And he didn't take Cameron Meredith before the seventh or eighth round. So Counter offer with your wide receiver, too. Yeah. I don't think it was Meredith. If no. it was counter with your counter offer with your current wide receiver too. No, so basically, Rick, what he's doing in in my mind, unless it's some sixteen league, yeah, give us give us a little more information if you can, guys. But he's given up Odell Beckham, his number one pick, for a low end number two running back and a number three wide receiver, because that's what he's replacing. His right, number two exactly. running back is number three. You don't need that. No, you can cobble together a number three receiver off the damn waiver wire. I'll and, throw in Taze Sharp along with Odell Beckham, and then get on the waiver wire and pick up I don't know Shane Vereen or yeah, somebody there, you know to go along to take place yeah, Spencer Ware. Yeah, you you can't. So Kendrick make, West got to be out there. Yeah, you you can't make that. Move. Move, unless it's some massive, super deep league. But, no, he knows you're panicking right now. Right, yeah. and, and, and the fact that you're considering, I guess, means he's right. Yeah, right. Run away, run away, run away. Right. Okay, what do we got here? Rob, 
Hello, Rob. In PPR, would you trade Jordan Reed for Brandon Marshall? My other tight end is Jack Doyle. I think I might. For the sole reason, I and, and again, add more information because I don't know what your wide receiving core right. looks like. If you need a wide receiver two or three. Yeah, where does Marshall slot in on your receiver? Marshall was going to give you 15, 16 games. You don't know what you're going to get out of Jordan Reed, albeit his ceiling is higher. I think Jack Doyle will be okay, especially even with Andrew Luck out. they got to throw to somebody, and a nice little check down to Jack Doyle isn't a bad option. But yeah. I don't know. I I may do that. All things being equal, if we knew Jordan Reed could play 16 games and Brandon Marshall could play 16 games, I don't think either one of them do, quite frankly. But if they did, Brandon Marshall would probably put up more yardage. Jordan Reed's going to put up a lot more touchdowns. Uh, you know, Jack Doyle, how much you, you're giving up a lot there going from Reed to Doyle, I grant you. I guess it depends where Marshall slots in. If Brandon Marshall slots in as your number two or number three wide receiver, make this deal. If this is a luxury piece, a bench piece, a yeah, flex no piece, way. I don't do it. Exactly. That's sort of a non-answer answer, I guess. But It is an answer. I mean, there's that thing to consider, considering you don't have that much information. Okay, here's another injury question. I lost Edelman to injury. Yes, you did. My other wide receivers are, get your little pencil out. I'm ready. Doug Baldwin, Mike Wallace, Jamison Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders, and Devontae Parker. I was offered Demarius Thomas for J-I-J-E. My other backs are Gurley, Gore, Forte, and Blunt. Would you? Yeah, I'm not going anywhere near that. You're <laughs> fine. You're yeah. fine. You are absolutely fine. So Baldwin, Crowder. Sanders. Uh, there's yeah, your starter. If three starters right there if you're going that. No, no, yeah, absolutely not. Not a chance. Don't panic. I mean, it's Edel- Edelman, Edelman. He's worth more to the Patriots than he was to you, yeah. even in a PPR. Yeah, and, I mean, it was Julian Edelman. It wasn't Antonio Brown right, for exactly. crying out loud. Bingo. Yeah. Okay. Which deal is better? We only got a couple more here. Which deal is better? All right. Melvin Gordon for Michael Thomas or Melvin Gordon for Travis Kelsey. I own Kelsey and Thomas. My backs are Lamar Miller, Rob Kelly, Tevin Coleman, and LeGarrette Blunt. So he's trying to bring in Melvin Gordon is what he's telling right. me. Um, I give up Kelsey here. I think Michael Thomas could be a top ten receiver. I would, too. You can go out and get Jack Doyle. Yeah, you know, yeah I'm or, sure he's hanging around yeah, out there. Or Fedorowicz or yeah. somebody like that. If you have to make that move, which, yeah, I don't know how you drafted that dog pile at running backs. <laughs> shame on you. Yeah. But well, yeah. I mean, they have IJE, right? Oh, no, he's wanting to get IJE. Yeah, he has Gurley. Gore, Forte, and Blunt. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what you're. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that happened, but yeah, you need. Don't to take make, it personal, but your team sucks. Yeah, so you need to get a running back in there. I'm assuming your running backs are your strength, or your receivers are your strength. Right. If you have that pile of crap at, at running backs, so yeah, keep Michael Thomas there. Keep that area. But strength. his receivers are Baldwin, Wallace, Crowder, Sanders, and Parker. 
You're looking at the question before, I think, aren't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're looking at the yeah. Trade okay. Question. Duh. Yeah. Dope. Okay. No way. Okay. So yeah, you're probably receivers are probably fine. That's you for making a mistake. Yeah. Well, guess what? I didn't read Twitter and go out and make a move. <laughs> so you know. Okay. Don't you have to pick? I'm on deck. Big Ben. Okay. Phil Rivers. Carson Palmer. Phil Rivers. I think if it was me, I'm going Rivers, Palmer, Ben. I don't trust Ben at all in fantasy. No, no. He's going to miss five with injury. It's It's been noted how bad he's been on the road the last several years. This thing's going to be a jug, juggernaut. You, know, you worry about Palmer's arm strength, arm strength. You worry about his health. And Phil Rivers, I just love what they've put together. Everything coming him. out of camp, Carson Palmer is, is in exquisite shape. His arm is extremely strong, and he is doing nothing but leading that team out right, there. Right, right. And, I mean, so, therefore, I put him second behind Rivers. I just like uh, Los Angeles offense this year. Yeah, I think yeah. they are loaded. And, and you know, you can only hope that they stay healthy for a year just to see what they can do. Absolutely. All right, that, that wraps that, up the uh, mailbag. I thought you were going to come back with a – yeah, I, I here, got but... one quick, so we're going to have to get out pretty uh, pretty directly here. All right. Okay, so that wraps it up as you run over to Alejandro Finkelstein's seat, which is empty yet again. Shocker. And uh, not that we're, you know, putting it out there to you, Alejandro, but we would love to see you come into the Asylum Studios on Thursday evening starting in September. This is October 31st. So we are hoping in September we will have Alejandro Finkelstein. Or for those in America, it's August 31st, not October. Did I say October? You did. Oh, good All Lord. right, but thanks, everyone, for joining us. Get your us. questions into the mailbag. I know this is the last weekend to draft, but get your lineup questions in now. Start looking at the schedule. Get it in. We'll answer everyone, some on the air. Go ahead. You can give us the email yeah, so and all send that. Send those over to asylumfootballgmail.com. You can also ask them at Asylum Football on Twitter. We'll be back here real soon with the announcement of where you can find us on the fakepigskin.com. So check them out. Until then, for the Asylumites, till we get it worked out, asylumfantasysports.com. Whew. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care and good luck. <laughs>